What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to Family Fridays here on the Gravity Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chris. Thank you for choosing to tune in today. Hey, folks, I'm excited about us continuing this conversation. How do we stay grounded in a world full of noise and chaos? And probably even more so, I'm excited about this edition of Family Fridays. Uh, Bringing family members on the show and giving them the space to talk about what is it like being a family member of a first responder. I think there's a lot of power in these stories. I think it's going to do two different things. One, I think for the first responder families, the spouses and kids, I think it's going to give you comfort knowing that you're not in this alone. There's a lot of other spouses and family members that are out there living a very similar experience. And for us as the first responders, I think it's going to give us perspective, hearing from other spouses and realizing, wow, is my spouse going through some of these similar things? I need to carve out some time to go connect with my spouse or with my kids to see what is this experience like for them. The guest on the show today is Diane Wong. Diane is a is a law enforcement officer's wife. She's a mother. Uh, she leads a nonprofit called the Blue Hero Project. Uh, it's gonna, you're going to be hearing great things about what they're doing here in the Pacific Northwest. I'm just excited for you to hear about her perspectives. Uh, but before we do that, folks, I wanted to talk about something that Jamie and I are doing right now, a little bit different. Uh, we're, we're, we're working with different organizations uh, to, to host date nights for first responder families, uh, an opportunity for uh, first responders to come together in a safe place to share a meal uh, with each other and with their spouses or significant others. And Jamie and I bring our story to you. What has this PTSD experience been like for us? What is it like for us as a first responder family? And what have we learned from it? And then what skills can we implement on a a daily and weekly basis for us to show up better as as moms and dads, husbands and wives, whatever roles you play, we want to show up as our best self. Uh, So we're doing this at a couple different law enforcement agencies and regions If you want to learn more about it, look down in the show notes for our website or email address. Shoot us an email. We'd love to come to your area and be part of a date night for your first responder family. Uh, With that, folks, let's get into this interview with Diane Wong. Diane Wang, welcome to the Gravity Podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we recently met at a Stronger Families fundraising gala, right? Yes. Super excited to meet you and your husband, Davin, and just uh, get to know you guys a little bit and, and hear more. Even though I was already following you guys on socials, it was it was good for me to hear a little bit more about what you guys are doing. Yeah, I loved meeting you guys. I actually first heard about you in Cannon Beach, of all places. Cannon Beach, Oregon. We were visiting with Cannon Beach PD and they were talking about you guys. And that was the okay. first time I heard your guys' names. Yeah. And then over the last, gosh, probably a year, I've just heard your names here and there. So it was awesome to to finally meet you guys. Yeah, we appreciate those folks at Cannon Beach PD. That's our home away from home. So we like that they keep that place a, a safe haven for us. So They're amazing. Yeah. Hey, if you don't mind, Dan, for folks that don't know you already, if you could introduce yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, my name's Diane and I am a police wife. My, um, husband works for a city agency 
here in the, you know, outside of Seattle. And so Seattle area. And um, I was born and raised in this area, born and raised right outside of Seattle, still live outside of Seattle. And so I've lived here my whole life. And my husband and I have been married. We're coming up on nine years, yes. uh, actually next month. Awesome. We're going to Cannon Beach to celebrate our anniversary. Best spot. Yep. Super excited. Um, but yeah, our our um, marriage and relationship in relation to um, law enforcement is different in that when we met, he thought he was going into full-time ministry. And that was where we saw our life going. He would work for a church and be a pastor of some sort. And along the way, um, he ended up in law enforcement. So he's been in law enforcement for five and a half years. So we had a good amount of time before um, early on in our marriage that he was not law enforcement. It wasn't even on our mind. Um, And now here we are five and a half years in. And, um, it's really been just such a gift to us and to our family to be a part of this community. And, um, we have two kids, young kids. So they're seven and five and, um, I homeschool the kids and that's been a lot of fun and very challenging. Yes, it is. Uh, I grew (laughs) very challenging. (laughs) I grew up in public school my whole life and never really pictured myself homeschooling and had kids. And, you know, it's kind of like with Dobbin's career in law enforcement, like we have one plan and then we really feel like God shifts us in a different direction. And so um, that was homeschooling for us. So we're on year two of doing that and um, super grateful for our department Uh, My husband's on the peer support team and I serve alongside some other wives to really just started um, getting a spousal support, family support group off the ground at our agency. So that's been a lot of trial and error and hard work and, um, you know, just figuring out the best way that we can serve the families at our department. And um, I also work part-time at our church. And that's been a new thing over the last year and has been just a lot of fun and, um, yeah, just a joy. I serve as the welcome lead. So I love welcoming people and creating space for people to feel at home. And, um, so that's been a great fit for me as well. And then, yeah, we also have a a nonprofit called Blue Hero Project and started, in 2021 and we visit law enforcement agencies kind of all across the state of Washington, uh, primarily Western Washington and then down to Portland and bring uh, snacks and drinks as just a tangible way to show support to officers. And we bring Bibles and recently started hosting um, law enforcement family events with the mounted actually behind me mounted patrol unit over at Seattle. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of a little bit of everything. Um, you sound like you have a lot of free time where you're watching soaps and eating bonbons. Yeah. Lots, of, lots of sarcasm <laughs> lots there. Of lots of sarcasm. And I, I get a kick cause we did the homeschool thing with our kids, uh, for a few years 
Okay. And uh, the people's perception of homeschooling is, uh, you know, that our kids are playing in the dirt and, you know, doing arts and crafts time with like macaroni and stuff like that. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's not quite like that. There's, you know, it's 2023. There's actually a lot of great curriculum out there yeah. that helps us as parents to come alongside our kids and educate them. And it was fulfilling. What we learned with our number two was that it wasn't going to work with her. Number one thrived in that environment. Our number two would just shut down as soon as we tried teaching Mm -hmm. the lesson. It was just who she was. She, she needed us to be mom and dad and she needed teachers that were going to be teachers. And, uh, I love the fact that you and Davin have learned that, uh, in life, God is going to move you. You you have an idea of the direction you're going. We're going to go into the full-time ministry. This is going to be wonderful. My husband's going to be a pastor and I'm going to be a pastor's wife. And, you know, all of this really strong faith and woo, and we're perfect. And then God says, yeah, actually, I need you to go over here. I, I need you to be a police officer and you're still going to be full-time ministry. It's just, that I'm going to route your paycheck through a municipal police department instead of a church, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's um yeah, it's one of those things you can never get too locked down in in one thing um and have to live very open-handed and I think that's what we've learned across the board. Like even with homeschooling, like it's one of those things we're open-handed and every year we're going to reevaluate and see if it's still a good fit. And law enforcement, like even lifting that up and open-handed and being will serve in this capacity for as long as we're called to serve in this capacity. Um, But I think that, you know, a lot of people had asked me when Dobbins started in law enforcement, like, Oh, you like, you didn't plan on this, this, when you married him, you didn't think you were marrying, you know, someone that was going to be in law enforcement. And I think there's, yes, there's kind of like, Oh, okay. This isn't what I thought. But I also feel like when you, step out in obedience and walk the path that God's calling you to walk. There's so much peace that comes with that. And so I personally have just felt so much peace with him being in this career because it's so clear that it's where he's supposed to be and it's where God has him. And I think knowing that he's doing what he's called to do um, has just brought so much peace for me when he's working and not that it hasn't been hard, but there's just a piece that has really um, covered my mind and my heart and um, the ups and downs of him working as a police officer. So talk about that for a little bit. Cause that's something that Jamie also shares with women mm-hmm. is that um, both when I deployed to Iraq and Korea, and then me as a, as a civilian police officer, she always had peace. She always trusted that God was going to protect me. And if something bad happened, that God was going to carry her. Those were kind of her words in that. So maybe talk about just where that peace comes from. I know it's going to be a faith uh, foundation, but just talk about that peace for you. Yeah. um, I, if, if I back it up a little bit early on when I got saved, I, I felt like God was calling me to make a pretty big decision Um, I was very new in the faith and I was actually engaged to someone else. And I felt like God was calling me to step out of that relationship, call off that engagement. And um, so I did. And that was the first time that I felt that 
indescribable piece of God. And I will say ever since then, that's how God has led me with his peace. And if I don't have peace, it's usually because I'm off some, like I'm not where I'm supposed to be in some area. So peace has always been, um, for me, something, even if I feel called to do something that maybe I don't want to do or something that's hard or something that's challenging or there's, yeah, just resistance, like not wanting to do something, knowing that his peace follows um, the obedience has just been the greatest gift. And so for Davin being in law enforcement, it was a lot of, is this right? I don't know if this is right. Let's step out and see if it's right. We'll see if doors open. And so we kind of went through the hiring process, application process, interview process, um, and just doors open, but we had peace. And, um, and I think it's that knowing that God has my husband and whether he's working in law enforcement, working as a pastor, working uh, a desk job, like just knowing that God has his life in his hands. And, um, and I think just the reality of we could all get hurt, pass away, be killed at any time, whether it's in sickness or a car accident crossing the road. And I think there's like, I've just had such peace in knowing that no matter the career, like his life is in God's hands. And um, yeah, so, and it's not to say there are moments of fear or worry there. There's been some times where it's like, Oh, I haven't, I haven't heard from him. He normally gets back to me. Like there's been times like that where my mind goes to like, Oh, what, like, what if, um, but I think even in that, um, the Lord continues to just comfort and strengthen and bring peace. And I think it's like what Jamie said, like worst case scenario, if something were to happen, like I, I just know that God is with me and he will never forsake me. And it would be the most awful, devastating thing. Um, but I would know that he would be with me walking through that and that we would have community. So, um, yeah, I feel like that was a really long, long winded. That was a really good answer. It, 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 okay. There's depth in what you just described there, both in your faith and then also in our humanity. You acknowledged, yeah, sometimes I'm concerned, right? Mm-hmm. Like, here's the problem that sometimes we do, I think, specifically as Christians, is uh, we talk about the highlights. It's kind of like social media. We go over the highlight reel uh, and we don't talk about the reality. You know, no, I am concerned sometimes. And you know what? I think God's okay with that. When a father comes <laughs> to Jesus in the New Testament and says, uh, if you can heal my son, if I can, uh, you know, do you not believe? Well, help, I do believe, but help me with my unbelief, right? Just acknowledging that uh, God doesn't respond to us with scorn when some of our humanity pops through, right? When some of our flesh of God, I'm concerned right now. And instead he embraces us in those moments. 
and gives us comfort. And I really, for me, that has been hearing other people share perspectives like you just shared is what makes me feel like, okay, I'm normal then, right? And seeing those those perspectives in scripture and seeing how God has responded to his people gives me comfort and makes me realize that God is a loving God and Mm -hmm. that this, this whole Christian walk is exactly that. I got to put one foot in front of the other day after day, right? It's, I'm never going to arrive this side of heaven. It just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. I think there's definitely within the the Christian community, sometimes there's this idea that you have to like, and, and the Bible says so, like to have faith and to have great faith and to trust in him. And I think there's, and we talk a lot about this a lot at our church. There's a both and it doesn't have to be like you're full of faith. And then there's, that's it. You don't acknowledge your feelings or uh, your fears. There's a both and, and that you can be like, God, I'm scared. And this is really hard. And this is really painful and help me to trust you. And I think even in that help me to trust you, you're saying, I, tr- I trust you. Yeah. Otherwise I saying, wouldn't be asking. I, exactly. And so I think it's just, I think all areas of my life, whether it's been parenting or a marriage law enforcement have been that balance of, um, I don't even know if balance is the right word, but it's, it's yes, God, I trust you. I don't see it. I don't feel it. And I think sometimes our feelings come come after. Like sometimes we have to take the step of obedience or say, okay, yes, God, like I trust you. And then the feelings, um, or maybe the, 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 the processing and maybe healing comes after. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's important to acknowledge that it's hard. Yes. Um, but also to acknowledge that God is faithful and that he's leading and that he will never leave you. So, um, I think there's beauty in being able to do both of those things at the same time. Yeah. And you kind of tripped over the word balance there. And I I know, especially within the Christian faith, that's a, I've heard it used before. And the the tough thing with that is it almost sounds like you're trying to balance out God. Uh, And so I like where you went with that with and. Both things can be present, right? I mean, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane experienced anxiety, calling out to God, right? So as God here on earth, he experienced anxiety and emotion. And it's okay to experience those emotions. And what did he do with it? He called out to his heavenly father, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and I want to, I have to point out that you've been very classy for, uh, in a nonchalant way, correcting me on your husband's name, Davin, not Davin. Uh, so thank you for, oh, being, da- <laughs> thank you for being classy. You've now done that three times, uh, where you've, uh, intentionally inserted that in appropriate times to correct me and make me, uh, not, uh, feel stupid well, for saying it wrong at the beginning. Oh, well, I will say, here's a fun story about my husband. His legal name is David. Okay. And so he was given the name Davin. At birth, it was butchered all the time. Everyone says it, uh, Davin or Davin, um, Davin, Davin, they all sorts of names. Um, so finally, when he turned 18, he changed it to David to simplify things. Okay. Because even our last name is pronounced Huang. 
Oh, but hey. everyone says Wayne. Yeah, totally. That's what I said at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning here so he was... <laughs> the importance so, of yeah, doing so a he... pre-interview with your guest folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but he has just one of those names that's um, a little a little difficult to pronounce. Well, so if any of you're your, not the only one. If any of your friends are still listening at this point in the podcast, I'm sure they want to punch me in the face after butchering names and whatnot. But thank you for the grace, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we're going to continue here because we got a lot of great things to talk about. Hey, one thing I did want to ask Diane, especially since you guys were married before Davin, I want to show that off a little bit, started being a police officer. Have you seen a change? Uh, and it doesn't even have to be like a drastic change, like a bad change necessarily, but just have you seen a change in Davin uh, since becoming a cop? Yes. And what's that change yes. look like? Um, I think, you know, there's the aspect of being ex- like, exposed to a lot of very difficult things and a lot of people that lie all the time. And I think um, just the nature of the job has impacted him. And it's, it's, it's almost like what we were just talking about. It's impacted him negatively, but there's been opportunity for it to impact him positively as well. And I think it's all about how we approach it and handle it. And, um, you know, I think with anything hard and anything painful, it's, it's what we, we do with it because I think no matter whether it's police work, everyone faces pain and hardship and struggle. And yes, there's an added layer in law enforcement. I'm not going to, um, try and make that seem less than it is. Um, but at the end of the day, we all do. And um, it's kind of like, okay, what do we do with this? Cause we can either try and brush it under the rug and hide it and stuff it, or we can kind of be like, okay, let's, let's walk, let's wrestle through this and walk through this and process and grow. And so I think with Dobbin, there's been, there's definitely been the the typical struggles of being in law enforcement and how that impacts him. Like, um, you know, I will say he's never loved crowds, like even before law enforcement, but now even more so he, yeah. it's just too stressful for him. Totally. Um, so there's a lot of just like crowd stuff that we just don't do. Um, but I think you know, over the course of the last five and a half years. And I will say we're five and a half years in. So I feel like we're in the middle of really learning. We're kind of at that point where it's not new anymore. We're five and a half years in. Um, and we're kind of in the middle of figuring out like, oh, what is it, what does it look like to talk through some of these tough calls? What does it look like to improve our communication? What does it look like? Um, and I think a lot of times hopefully you can talk to people that are 15, 20 years down and they can be like, we're not on the other side and not from a, we have arrived, but man, that we learned how to do this. Yeah. And I feel like we're still in that learning phase. Um, and it's, it's been great, but yeah, he's, 
he's definitely changed and our dynamic, the dynamics of our family have changed. And, um, you know, our, I will say even like our days off and work nights, he works day shift. So he has to get to bed earlier. So there's even been a certain element of, we try and protect our time a little bit more um, before he is in law enforcement. If we are out late on a work night, no big deal. We'll kind of work our way through it, you know, the next day, extra coffee or whatever. Um, but really trying to like find ways to um, kind of guard and, and protect time and his health and his wellness and ours as a family. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, definitely been changes. I do, I will say um, we, when he got into law enforcement, we really made the decision to kind of dive fully into the community. And I think just even being intentional about who we were surrounded by. Um, So I do feel like we walked into it with people that could speak to what law enforcement life was like in a healthy way. And not to say that we have it all together and haven't had struggles, but it's been, it's made such a difference to have people in our life that are, you know, 10 years ahead, 15 years ahead absolutely, that have wisdom and experience and can really speak to our marriage and to him as a person. Um, that's made a big, I think it just laid a, a better foundation for us starting. Um, and has helped us to be able to process the changes in him, um, maybe healthier than if we didn't have people that could really speak into our life. So, yeah, I heard you just talk about a whole lot of things. So I heard about, uh, boundaries, mm-hmm. the, the ne- necessity of boundaries. I heard about sleep hygiene, recognizing that, In a lot of professions, uh, if you're operating on a day of five hours of sleep with lots of coffee, there's probably not a lot of consequence that's going to come of it. You might lose your cool on a coworker. You might might be a little bit slower in work. But as a police officer driving a fast car and having a gun on your hip and having to make life and death decisions, there's a greater consequence. So we need to get great sleep to prepare ourselves to do the job. I love what you were saying there about mentors. Having, whether you call them mentors, whether they're friends, it doesn't matter. Finding people that are at least a season ahead of us in life and, and listening and finding people that we trust enough to where if they look at us and say, you're a knucklehead, uh, you need to start doing this or you need to stop doing that, that we're going to pause and go, wow, I didn't want to hear that. Um, but tell me more, right? And we have to have those people. Well, actually, we don't have to. We don't have to have those people in our lives. We cannot have those people in our lives and we can just keep plugging along. And the times that I've done that, I experience more negative consequence. And I still learn the lesson, but I learn it from my own failures, my own mistakes versus getting the opportunity to learn from other people's wisdom. Yeah. What, uh, is there anything more? I mean, those are really great general categories. Is there anything specific that you guys do to connect with each other to 
improve communication? Because I heard you also talking about those aspects as well. Is there any tools that are more specific that other first responder families would be able to hear and go, ooh, I'm going to try that? Yeah, so we um, we walked through a season where I was actually the one struggling with a lot. It was just a heavy season and emotionally and mentally. I was not in a good space. Yeah. And um, through that, my husband, I used to love working out. I used to love exercising. I used to be really involved in the fitness industry. And after having kids and life is full, it just kind of took a back burner. And we were walking through this, you know, difficult season and with me, um, and my husband and in the most gentle, loving way. And I received it that way. was like, Hey, you know, why don't you join the gym? And because we have a Peloton. So I, I love moving my body and it helped a lot, but there was something about, um, I'm homeschooling. So I'm with the kids homeschooling, um, with a lot of our nonprofit work, the kids are with me. So then I was working out at home. The kids were with me. And so it was more, so they were always there and, um, which is such a gift. Um, yes. but I learned and he was so, he really heard from God on this and like, she needs time away yeah. from the home to really exercise, move her body. And, and it wasn't at all about the physical aspect of me, but much more like mental and emotional. And I learned, I really needed that permission from him of like, okay, when I get home from work, I'm going to take over the kids and do dinner and everything with them. And you go to the gym. And, um, around that same time, he started shifting his schedule and that he was working out. We live, um, 10 minutes away from his precinct. So we're, so he doesn't have like a long commute to decompress or anything. Um, so around the same time he started working out directly after shift at the, at the police department. So he gets a workout in, he comes home. I'm released to go to the gym and get my workout in. Yeah. And um, I will say that very like simple, practical piece of him getting time to just release and move his body and exercise and me to do the same has made such a big difference with us. Um, it has been like night and day. And we just started this probably last April or May. So, um, you know, I think that's one piece. I think it's, I think sometimes when your husband is gone all day, the thought of them taking even extra time after shift to go work out is like, you've, you've been gone all day. Um, but I really found that even if it was 30, 45 minutes, that really didn't make that much of an impact on me at home, but it made a huge impact on him. Yes, And it gave him, especially with young kids and working day shift, it was different. He was working swing shifts when he was in training and he could come home to a quiet house and, you know, kids were asleep and he could have time to kind of decompress. Um, but working day shift, you're, you, no matter the day you have, you're walking into 
a six-year-old and a four-year-old, seven-year-old, five-year-old, you know, daddy, and I want to do this. And can you do this? Can you help me with that? And I'm, you know, the house is busy. It's dinner time. So um, I will say finding what has worked for him to help him give him even just a little bit of margin um, has made such a big difference. And then me being able to do the same. Yeah. Um, so that's like, it's just a routine we have on his work days now that he gets his workout in. I get my workout in and that's um, made a really big difference. And yeah, I think there's, and I think the important thing about that is we have to both be willing to serve one another in that way. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love what you said there about having that conversation though. You felt like you needed permission from him. And I'm telling you as the first responder, I need permission from my wife in that too, because I feel guilty otherwise. I feel like I've been gone for the last eight, 10, 12 hours, however long the shift is, right? And so for me to stay an extra half hour, 45 minutes, I feel guilty. And unless I have the conversation with my wife and she says, oh babe, do that. Yes, I want you to clear your mind, show up more prepared to be the dad that you wanna be. Yeah, I think that's huge. And I think for both of us, it's like, okay, we're at that place where we know like, and there's still times that he'll text, like if he knows I've had like a long day with the kids, he'll be like, hey, is it okay if I work out after shift? Like he'll kind of check in. And if it's for some reason been just a long like day on my end, he'll he'll skip it. But yeah. honestly, even him just taking the time and saying, hey, is it okay if I still do this? I'm like, yeah, you know, thanks for in a way checking in to make sure I was good. Um, So we're both kind of in this we have the communication open to be like, can I still do this? Am I good to work out? And yes. And I think that yes. And that release in a sort of, yes, I you can go. And um, just gives that peace of mind. Cause like you said, I felt guilty because I was like, man, he worked all day and he's going to come home and I'm just going to leave. And he's going to be doing dinner time and all the things. I felt bad about that. Yeah. Um, but we came to an understanding where, no, this is best best for both of us. And um, and I think, and I already touched on it a little bit, but on the days where maybe we just have a lot going on and it's it's hard, like being okay letting the person know. And it doesn't happen very often, but there's been times where he's had a really long day. And um, so maybe I skip the gym that night. Yeah. But maybe do something else, you know, whether it's a quick walk with our dog outside or same for him. Um, yeah, just communicating what we need. And I think it's a constant process of learning or being aware of what we need. Yeah. Cause I think that our needs change based on the season yes. and, um, and what refreshes us. I think we're learning a lot about what actually makes us feel better. Cause I can think it's, Oh, sitting on the couch with some ice cream, watching my favorite show, like that can feel like rest, but is it actually restful and refreshing? And I think for us to be able to really learn what that looks like in the season to actually, like what actually refreshes us and helps us. So in this season, it's been, yeah, a lot of, a lot of the gym for both of us, which is 
which is great. So the takeaway there, I think for, for listeners and for me is that we have to keep leaning into this conversations that this communication with our spouse, that I think communication is maybe the topic that there's more books on than anything else. Well, why do people keep writing books on it? Well, it's because it's still something that we don't do really well. There's things that go unsaid. There's perceptions, there's guilt, there's all kinds of different things. And the only way we're going to get to the root of it. And like you said, figure out what's actually going to be good for you and your spouse is by having safe conversation. My wife's told me that she didn't always feel safe to have conversation with me. She wasn't sure how I was going to respond to something she wanted to bring up, which breaks my heart, but that's on me. Like I was not responding well sometimes. Now she's also learned of maybe when we have those kind of conversations, right? After a really, really stressful day, is that the time that you talk about some really big financial decision that you guys maybe don't agree on? Probably not. Like, you're like, we want to be well-rested for that conversation. And so just that constant process of, of constantly uh, being in conversation with our spouse, carving out the time for that conversation, right? Like for us, especially when we had young children, we needed to have the kids tucked into bed sometimes if we were going to have great conversation about uh, some decision that we needed to make together. Um, But I think a lot of us just go along not really getting to the root of some of these things with our spouse. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing. Yeah, I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's, I think that leads into another thing we do of trying to be consistent and we haven't been the best at this of date nights and time away, which can be for us, it hasn't been as difficult because he's day shift. There's a little, we can go on evening dates and we have family close by, which I know isn't the case for everyone, but we've tried to be consistent with date nights. And then like our anniversary, um, I grew up with parents who went away just the two of them to Cannon beach every single year. No, like that, that was what they did. And so I grew up with an example of parents that went away, even when we were young, no, you know, they always made that time for each other. And so I will say that's helped us a lot to at least once a year, we shoot for even more often. Um, even if it's just a night or two, like getting that time away, um, which honestly, it takes a lot of like being intentional, putting it on the calendar, coordinating care of the kids. And it's looked different in different seasons. I mean, for a while, it was like, okay, one night away at the city next to us just yeah. to have some time away. And as the kids have gotten older, we've been able to kind of extend that and take, you know, time away together. But, um, you know, I think there's, there's importance in carving out time each day and figuring out what that looks like and time each week. And then, you know, if you can fit in a date day, you know, once a month or, you know, and just being intentional about carving out time because otherwise life gets full. And if you're not intentional, other things are going to kind of take over your schedule. Well, we end up just co-parenting, right? We, we stop being husband and wife and we start being business partners is what it turns into if we're not intentional about, about dating each other. Yeah. And we've had conversations where we, we've slid into that. And I think that's like, it it all comes back to communication. It's like being able to sit and say, you know, I feel like we've kind of slid into being like roommates right now. Like 
we haven't really been intentional about connecting and conversation. And I think, I think sometimes we think like an amazing marriage is you'll never, you'll just never get there, which would be amazing. But I think a, a great marriage is when you do get there, are you guys talking through it and getting yourselves back to where you're dating one another and pursuing one another? Um, yes. You know, cause it's, it's like we talked about, there's always going to be hard times and valleys. And a lot of times it's what you do with it and your next steps once you realize you're there. Um, yeah. So for us, we've definitely had the high, the high seasons, the mountaintops and the valleys. And I think seasons of complacency. And um, I would even say maybe just like laziness in our marriage and just not putting a lot of time and effort in. And, you know, thankfully, um, when we've been in those places, I really feel like it's been God that's just kind of been like, okay, let's, let's, let's uh, wrestle through this a little bit, talk through this a little bit and, and kind of shake things up. And, um, with that, you know, we've been able to address how we feel and, and improve and grow and that's marriage, right? Absolutely. So absolutely. Hey, let's get into the nonprofit, the blue hero project. Where did this idea come out of? And if you could tell the listeners, what's it all about? Yes. Um, I love this. So, um, Actually, uh, a friend of mine, she is a police wife here in the greater Seattle area. And back in 2021, she went on her social media and was raising money to bring snacks and drinks to some police departments in her area. And I remember I looked at her post and, you know, she had info to donate to her. But at the end of it, she said, or instead of donating to me, you could do something like this in your own area. And I was like, huh, I can maybe do that. Like post something on my social media, maybe raise money for, I was thinking kind of one Seattle precinct was kind of on my mind. And um, so I remember talking to my husband and being, babe, I think I'm going to try this. Like, I think I'm going to see if I can raise some money and we can buy some snacks. We had done something similar with our church in 2020. Um, and so I did, so I posted and I remember telling my husband, cause coming out of 2020, it, I mean, it was a hard, especially in the Seattle area, just a hard time for law enforcement. And I was like, babe, I don't know if anyone's going to donate. Like, I don't know if any donations are going to come in. So I'll put it out there, but if we get no donations, we'll pitch in, I'll see if my parents can pitch in and my sister, my brother, and we'll just pull money together. Um. And literally thousands of dollars came in in the first week. And so we were blown away and it kind of, it was like, okay, we are going to do one precinct, one department and now, okay, let's do maybe 10. So (laughs) we shifted it at that time. It was still going to be kind of a one-time project. We were going to do all the Seattle precincts. They have five. And then we were going to do five other local departments and I remember we started at the time we called them drop-offs because we were kind of dropping off goodies. And I remember I called a girlfriend of mine after 
one of the Seattle ones. And I was like, I just love this. Like I, it is like fulfilling. I'm just filled with excitement. I just love it. I don't want it to end. And she said, well, maybe you should pray about turning it into a nonprofit. And I was like, uh, I immediately felt like there's no way I could do that. I stay at home mom, no background in nonprofit, anything. Um, but that kind of nudge from her started our process of really just talking about that and praying through that. And once we kind of felt peace and a green light, um, from God, really, um, we said, okay, let's give it a go and and see what happens. So we came up with the name Blue Hero Project and uh, decided we would visit two to three agencies a month and bring snacks and drinks. And um, yeah, so from there, it became a nonprofit. We registered with the state of Washington in 2021. And then in 2022, we became a 501c3 nonprofit, which was super exciting. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of um, very organically grown and um, and changed in some ways. Like even when I, I think language is important and we initially were like, oh, we're doing drop-offs. And now we really call them visits um, because our heart is that we would be able to be there to visit and connect um, with the officers, with the support staff. Um, and yeah, so at this so that was 2021 and we have visited, we've done probably, um, haven't calculated recently. It's probably between, it's probably around 130 agency visits that we've done. Yeah. Um, a lot of those have been revisits. So when we look at like the number of agencies we visited, it's been about, I think last I checked, like 55 agencies. Um we've really had this kind of desire to go deeper and not wider, um, at least in this season and really just felt um, as much as we would love. And we truly would love to visit every single agency. Um, We have just felt in the season of like really the desire to build relationships. And so we kind of, you know, we're just slowly working through a list of agencies in the area and also being able to work in revisits so that we can continue to build relationships with the agencies. Um, and then we did a visit with Seattle PD's Mounted Patrol Unit. So a lot of people don't know that Seattle PD has a Mounted Patrol Unit. They patrol on horses and they do a lot of community engagement and they have a barn. And um, so we did a visit there just to show them support and appreciation. And out of that, their sergeant at the time said, hey, you know, it would be really fun to like bring law enforcement families and have a day where the kid, all the law enforcement kids can meet the horses and it's a private space. Um, you know, it's not open to the public. So there's some privacy there, which is great. And so that idea kind of came to life last, I think last November was our first family event. And um, so that has been a huge blessing and such a joy um, because we've loved meeting the families. Yeah. 
that are at home and supporting their officer and and being able to sh- extend that support and appreciate appreciation to the spouse and to the kids. Um, so that has been a lot of fun. We've hosted, I think, I think this last Sunday was our eighth event out there and it's free and families can come out. We set up snacks and we did a barbecue in September. Um, so that's been another aspect of how we serve that has kind of organically come to be. And, um, we've also had, um, the opportunity to send DoorDash gift cards to families when the officer has been involved in an officer involved shooting or has been maybe shot and injured on duty. Um, and for us, um, that's just been a very simple, tangible way to let the family know that we're thinking of them and support them and praying for them. So, yeah, so those are kind of the three ways that we serve and it's really just showing support and appreciation and, um, yeah, we've been able to partner with an amazing nonprofit called Bibles for LEO based out of Massachusetts, and he makes law enforcement Bible outreach kits. And so we have um, we have one church that has consistently given so that we can purchase these. And then we just bring them with us to visits for any of the officers that want to take one. And um, they're really, I feel like one. I know if you're listening, you can't. Oh, here we go. But for the YouTube watchers, you're going to yeah, get for to the see. YouTube. So they look like this. They're really oh, that's awesome. awesome. That's really cool. And they're, yeah, the kids and they have a Bible in them, a challenge coin, stickers. And David, who started this, he is an officer himself and a chaplain and works out of Massachusetts. So, um, so that's just been another aspect and we've had some amazing churches and people partner with us so that we can purchase them and just be able to give them wherever we go. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's been a lot of fun. My husband is like incredible because a lot of like Monday night we went out to Seattle PD. And, um, so a lot of times Dobbin spending his days off or pockets of time on his days off, um, helping with visits, connecting with other officers. And our kids are usually in tow. They've probably been to 95% of the visits. Um, so that's been a whole nother aspect of it just for me personally. And as a mom and learning what it's like to involve our kids and teach our kids about serving others. And, um, yeah, it's just been, it's been a huge, huge blessing. And I think, you know, we've just been amazed by the people we've met. Yeah. You know, I think that's our, the nonprofit work and the programs and the events and everything are amazing. Um, but when we, when we look back and think of all the people we've met and the families we've met and, you know, we've just been blown away by how amazing of a community it is. And I just wish. I wish the whole world could see how amazing, you know, all these men and women are. And yeah, it's just been amazing. So I remember you sharing with me in Bellevue that you have caught a nickname from some of the agencies. A nickname? A nickname. Yes. What do they call you when you're coming around doing these visits? Oh, like the snack lady? The snack lady. That's exactly where (laughs) I was going. (laughs) I love... Oh, the snack lady's here. Oh, good. I, I love the snacks, right? 
Oh, yeah. The snacks, you know, it's so, it's so funny because it's such like, and I, there's two parts. It's, it's such a simple thing. And I think, um, it's, it's something I probably never would have thought of doing because it's so simple. Right. Um, but I think with that, it's just a very, it's just a tangible way to say thank you. And in a way that doesn't um, disrupt their day too much. They can grab stuff and go. Um, But food, whether it's home-cooked meals or prepackaged snacks, you know, food communicates often um, love and support. And so for us, that's, um, yeah, that's been how we communicate our, our support primarily is through snacks, a wagon, wagon of snacks. So, well, we didn't just have one family in the Tri-Cities, but throughout 2020, 2021, even maybe a little bit into 2022, the Tri-City community was remarkable about mm-hmm. bringing some type of snack by the different police departments and just saying thank you. And sometimes it was a single family. Sometimes it was a church organization or a business. And sometimes I didn't even want the snack but it still made me feel good seeing the love, seeing the support that we had from our community. It, it lifted my spirits and it carried me through tough days, tough weeks and tough months. So I know for a fact from my own experience, the work that you guys are doing with the blue hero project is making a difference. It's making an impact on officers lives and it's actually making a difference on our community's lives. Cause now we have police officers going out in a better spirit to provide service to the community. So keep up the work. Hey, if this is the first time anyone's ever heard about the Blue Hero Project or maybe heard of you, Diane, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, we have a website. So blueheroproject.org. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram uh, under the Blue Hero Project. So there's another Blue Hero Project in Australia that's like a, a... uh reusable water bottle company oh, or something okay. um so that's not us but there is the blue the blue hero project on instagram and facebook and our website has those links as well um but we would love to connect with you um it's been really fun um social media you know i have a love love hate relationship with social yeah. media um but i will say so much of our work in our organization has grown organically through word of mouth, through social media. And we've been able to connect with so many people um, through social media. So we, we love being able to meet people there um, with the hopes that we can meet people in person at some point after. So I love it. Well, for the listeners look down in the show notes, the links for the blue hero project will be down there. Diane, my time is my greatest commodity. I can't make more of this stuff. And you have given me an awful lot of yours. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat and hear about Blue Hero Project. And we just appreciate um, you and Jamie and um, your investment into others um, in the first responder community, other marriages, relationships, people. Um, Thank you. You know, I think it takes courage and obedience to use your hardship and your pain to serve others and to help others and to encourage others. And it's not the easy choice all the time. Um, But you guys have made that decision to use your story and your hardship 
to serve and help others. So I just want to thank you um, for all the seeds that you're sowing into other people's lives. Um, You'll probably never know the full fruit of your guys's obedience and the seeds that you're sowing, but keep it up. And we appreciate you guys. You're welcome. Thank you for those words. Have a great day. You too. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, what did you think of Diane's perspective? I loved hearing about her faith and how that is a foundation of her life and how that has carried her through this. But I also loved her just, man, she was real. She sat there and said, yes, I have this foundation of faith. And I also am concerned sometimes. There's times that that small voice in me is is like, but is there something wrong? He hasn't sent you a text. He hasn't called you in a while. And I think that is a very, uh, a very normal thought and a very normal feeling for uh, first responders or our spouses to have. Hey, Jamie and I want to make this better, folks. We'd love to hear from you. There's a few different ways for you to communicate back to us. First and foremost, please follow us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. That will cause the next episode to come up in your dashboard. Also, you can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple There's five stars waiting on our main page. We'd really appreciate a five-star rating if if we've earned five stars, folks. If not, keep your stars. Instead, shoot me an email at chris at gravityct.com. Let us know how to make a better future marriage Monday topics or guests for me to interview. Folks, we only get to live this life once. Let's go out and take care of our families and the people in our tribe. Take care of each other. God bless.